um, this is a, this is always actually one of my favorite nights. Um, I can't seem to make it all of our volunteers' favorite night, but it's certainly mine. Uh, and uh, because I just I I love the quality of people that come out to this, and uh, I realize that uh, what we're going to do as a church is really not going to happen uh, so much with a crowd as it is going to happen with this group. So thank you for coming out uh, tonight. I've, I just got a couple of minutes to share a few thoughts with you. And uh, so I want to dive into it pretty quick. And that way we can move on to important things like dessert and what, hanging out together. But uh, so I just want to say thank you so much to Big D. Dennis McDowell cooking us hamburgers and hot dogs. And anybody do like me and eat both? That was a mistake. Don't do that. Don't do that again because, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm wearing it. Um, I want to I wanna, uh, have our ushers hand out to you right now a uh, piece of paper that some of you may have seen in the past, some of you may have never seen before, um, and it's, uh, it's our leadership code. And I was thinking about this idea of what I would want to share tonight, and part of this was prompted by... The idea that um, we just recently brought uh, Justin Conway on because he was in a barbershop quartet and has won a makeout contest. Uh, so we knew that qualified him for, for a role on our team. Um, but uh, it's always good when we bring somebody new on the team is we take a few minutes and we stop and kind of review all the things that uh, create the culture of our team. And so we look at our vision and our values and, and even our work culture values. And um, I was thinking about this whole leadership code, and which we put together several years ago. And I really thought it would just be appropriate for us to kind of do a bit of a walkthrough on it uh, tonight with everybody that's in this room. A couple of things that I think are important uh, about reviewing things, because I've always had this idea that everything needed to be new. And I like new. Uh, you know, I like new stuff. I like new ideas. I like new thinking. But I also realize that there's a huge value in, in, in actually stopping and looking at uh, the same vision from a new vantage point. Uh, you know, so like many times in the Bible, God would continue to remind Abraham about the vision that he had for his life. Keep looking at the stars, keep looking at the sand, uh, I'm going to use you in a great way and you're going to bring forth a multitude of uh, an entire nation of people are going to come. And he would do that for him at different stages of life and, and I realized that uh, for, for, for us, I know for me, it's sometimes like where I was 20 years ago and where I was 10 years ago and where I am today uh, are very different places. I, I'm a different person. I've got some different vantage points. Um, I've learned a few things. I've, I've adjusted on a few things. And so I think it's always good to stop and kind of uh, review some ideas that are really important and critical and make us who we really are. And uh, so that was what kind of all that was working together to make me go, let's just Let's talk about this for a couple of minutes tonight uh, because I think that we've been able to create some uh, positive, uh, strong, healthy uh, uh, documents as uh, really ideas and uh, it's important for us to go through it. Now, I want to say this because 
This is some ideas that apply to us as leaders, and you may actually be sitting in this room and, and almost immediately disqualifying yourself and saying, I'm not really a leader. Uh, I don't lead anything. But could I just um, say to you that all of us can carry a leadership posture. Uh, like er everybody can carry, have a leadership spirit. Because if anybody is thinking leadership is I'm in charge, they don't understand what leadership is about. Uh, you know, the, the reality is leadership is far more about I'm responsible for this thing than I'm in charge of this thing. And so I think this idea of all of us, whether we're, you know, no, no matter what level uh, we're on on a team uh, leadership or, or not, whether it's, you know, signified as leadership, that we are understanding that every one of us is definitely leading at some level. We can all carry this leadership posture, this leadership spirit, and, uh, and, and whether you realize it or not, People are looking at you. They're watching you, and uh, somebody's watching you. <laughs> Hope that makes you feel good about yourself. Um, but, uh, but, but all of us are influencing someone some way. Somebody is watching whether I worship or whether, you know, whether I am hugging my wife or whether I am you know, in a prayer time or whatever, people are watching my, and you, your life, my life brings influence. So let me just walk us through this for a little bit. Uh, the document is there, the, the leadership code, but I just want to maybe make a few comments on some of these ideas. So the first thing is, and you can see this is an acronym uh, that spells the word leaders, and I don't do that very little at all, but it just happened to happen uh, in a moment of <laughs> inspiration or something. Uh, so, so the first thing that we ask our leaders to do is to link up. In other words, to get all of our teams to meet together in a regular, systematic way uh, so that we can cast vision, that we can have people on the same page, that we can build relationships, that we can problem solve, and we can learn together. Um, when I was on staff of a, a small church in um, Tallahassee before I came here, we literally never met. My, I was like, Suzette and I were the, the worship leaders, the student ministry leaders, uh, the small group leaders. The, you know, we did all that. It was a smaller church, and, and we were pretty much our pastor, and, and we were the staff. <laughs> so we, but we never met. We never talked about anything. We never got together and, and strategized or talked. And, and, and I, I've, you know, if, if there's anything I learned is that you got to learn how to play team in life. And, and so playing team is big for us. And, and the, so what I want to say to us here in this room tonight is to, to link up with your team presupposes that you're actually on a team. Uh, and, and that we are all buying this idea that everything great in life is accomplished by a team. And, and uh, I, you know, believe this more now than I ever have in my entire life, but, but life is a team sport. And it's, it's just too easy to get isolated. And the older you get, the easier it is to isolate. And to understand the, the value and the power of we're on a team and we're trying to get something done together. But, uh, but this idea, I think, of linking up, of getting together, of 
taking the time, making the time to get together is so important. So whether you actually are the leader of a team or you're just on a team, I think for you and I to all understand, you, you got you to gotta, make some time to get together with your team. Uh, and, and this applies to family life. You know what I mean? You got you to gotta make time for your family to sit down and be together. <laughs> you got to make time to, to get together with your friends. You got to make time to get together with your teams. But it, it's, it's a big thing. It's an important thing. We're going to uh, start this um, small group series um, on Fall Kickoff Sunday that's built out of Jensen Franklin's book, Love Like You've Never Been Hurt. And the, the big idea is really about relationships, learning to embrace relationships, uh, learning to forgive, learning to love, learning to pour into relationships. And uh, I think all studies that are done, whether in church or outside of church, all point to the idea that the, the healthiest people in life, emotionally healthy, spiritually healthy, are people that are connected to other people. Uh, people who get isolated get in, in trouble in life. So, so we're understanding that, that we are coming together as teams. And, and I just want to say that having everybody on a team and our church, having everybody uh, involved, having everybody fully engaged, uh, moving the ball down the field, it is important to get the job done. I mean, it is important for the mission to be accomplished. But I would say I see way beyond that now and recognize that it's more important that you get on a team, not just to get the job done, but that you actually get connected to real people. And there's something about being together, uh, you know, doing something together that is so very powerful. So, so when, whenever, you, you know, you sh I'm asking all of us in this room to show up with your team with a leadership mentality. Uh, that which doesn't mean, okay, I'm going to try to take over. I'm going to make sure my ideas are heard. We do want your ideas to be heard. But the truth is that, that sense of responsibility, whatever team you're on, that you have carry this sense of responsibility and ownership that my team is going to succeed and I'm going to lean into making it happen. And so, so all of that is behind this is why we get together. This is why we link up. Yeah, it's good we have, you know, uh, greeter teams and teams for kids ministry and teams for student ministry and teams that do all kinds of things around the church. But the real idea is to get people connected to each other to, and having this sense of shared purpose. And so I, I do think all of us could share a sense of ownership and responsibility on we are all leaning in to make Sunday an incredible day. And, and that's, it's not just the job of our, our amazing worship team. It's not just the job of whoever's teaching or preaching that day. We all have a part to play in this, but that every one of us is owning making Sunday an incredible, important day. Everybody got that? Okay, so, and I realize this, I know when we're asking people to link up, we're asking leaders to call meetings, then we're asking people to come to meetings, we're asking for this incredibly valuable commodity that is your time. <laughs> and, and I mean, let's face it, this event here, which is just a once a quarter kind of thing, this is a link up experience. We're, uh, we want you to come early. 
eat a hamburger, eat a brat, eat both, boss. Uh, you know, we want you to hang out. We want you to worship. We want to have fun together. We're going to have something to snack on after because this is not just about here's the dates, here's what's coming, here's a teaching from PK, a leadership download, but that we understand this is so valuable for our church to be what God's called it to be and for people to be connected to the house of God. Second idea is E, which is experience God daily. Uh, so don't worry, I'm not going to take as long on every point as I just did on that one. But uh, the, so the second thing for a leader is that leaders, uh, we're asking you to experience God daily. A consistent, private, devotional life is essential for leaders in the kingdom of God. Regular, secret place, times of prayer, times of worship, as well as reading and studying God's word are absolutely essential for great spiritual leadership. So let me just underline a couple of thoughts about this whole idea. All ministry is overflow. It's overflow of your relationship with God. So like if you were an usher, but you hadn't really kept your devotional life together, your prayer life together, uh, and there's something that's not going to flow out of you that would be flowing out of you if you were consistent in your time alone with God. And then let me, let me ask all of us to lean into this because I'm trying to lean our church in a little bit more to, uh, to being a house of prayer. Uh, and we've, we've seen this manifest different ways, different seasons. But one, we're having this seven days of prayer that's starting this Sunday. Uh, we're asking you to pray over all of these things. Now, and I hope every one of us is really understanding and buying the idea. These are not just events that we, that we just do because we got to have stuff to ha on the calendar. Every one of these is an opportunity for somebody to meet Jesus. Every one of these is an opportunity for somebody to be loved on, for somebody to be felt like they have value, uh, for us to lean into their life and, and to help them. And so we do all this kind of stuff because we want God to touch people. So all of the, anything, anything that we do is worth soaking in prayer. So soak all this, soak our different nets um, in prayer, and then just a, a word to kind of get us uh, on the whole idea of pre-service prayer. I think probably most of you guys actually are a part of pre-service prayer, but uh, I just want to keep asking you to, to lean into that. We just added our second pre-service prayer time um, for 1045, uh, right before second service. Um, that's, so second service, let me talk about second service for a minute. I've already talked about this once before, but it's still, we still haven't fixed yet the, the atmosphere of second service. So first service is like leaned in, engaged, got it, home crowd, tell a joke, everybody laughs. <laughs> second service is different <laughs> at every level. And, uh, and so, so like before first, even though second service is actually bigger than first service, um, it is populated with a lot of people who, uh, who are not necessarily up to speed spiritually yet. But that's what we get to do is we get to lead the way. 
we, we get to influence. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that at another point. But all I want to ask you to do is, is would you lean into these pre-service prayer times? Um, you know, if, at least come to one of them for sure and make that a part of your life. And I know it's easy to get busy. I, I can be the worst person to go, I'm on task and, I, you know, I've got to get this task done, even on Sundays. But if you could carve it out in the way you think about Sunday and the job that you have and the role that you play and the places you serve, that you would still somehow carve it out, that you could be here for that prayer time, I believe it will help something tremendously powerful and spiritual take place, right? So try to make these prayer times a priority in your life. The prayer season that we have in front of us, the pre-service prayer, our mega worship nights, not hard to do those because we love those. But, but those are all a part of saying let's experience God together. But I also want to encourage you as an individual that you would have your own daily experience with God. This is not legalistic, okay? This is not like you got to check it off every day and you get brownie points for that. I'm just saying the more consistent you are with sowing time into God and His presence, incredible things will happen. Third idea in the leadership code is alignment, uh, to align. So, uh, so we ask our leaders to align with the Rock Church vision and values. Uh, it's essential that we walk in unity as leaders. God's commanded blessing is on unity. Leaders in our environment are totally in sync with our church's visions and values. And let me just read two passages of scriptures and just make a short comment about this idea. But Genesis 11:6, 6, um, God was seeing the guys build the Tower of Babel and recognized something had to be, they had to put a stop to it. So uh, Genesis 11:6 6 says, the Lord said, behold, they're one people, they all have the same language, this is what they began to do. So they were one, they were saying the same things together. They were doing the same things together, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. Even though what they were attempting to do was not a God-honoring thing, it, God has invested incredible power into unity, and, and to saying the same thing, pulling the same way, uh, and, and that is one of the big things that, that is, is so powerful. Psalm 133, verse 1 says, Behold, how good, how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard coming down upon the edge of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So I just want to point out this idea that us together... We, we have the ability to, to, to be in alignment if we choose to be. And then if we, if we choose not to be, it's easy to find things to not be in alignment about. It's easy to find preferences that we might have that don't exactly fit us. But I'm just saying to you that there is an anointing, there is a commanded blessing on unity, on alignment. So if you've got something that you're struggling with, it's certainly invited, if you will, to have a conversation in a, I want to say in a back room. I hope it doesn't sound wrong. It's okay to have a, like discussions are invited, even desired in a back room 
But once we come out into the, the public room together, we're all pulling in the same direction. Which means this, can I say? So which means this, when we all come together, we're all leaning into worship. Right? When we're praying, we all pray. When, you know, when we have a giving season, we're all giving. You know what I mean? In other words, it, it's, it's, it's the power of the unity, it's the power of the alignment that is incredible, and that is what the enemy loves <laughs> to mess up and attack. Okay? Uh, all right, number four is uh, the concept of development. So L-E-A-D, uh, development, to develop yourself and to develop others. So leaders, a commitment to taking initiative and personal growth is a must for every leader. So read books. That's exciting. <laughs> Listen to podcasts. Come on. Grow in knowledge and wisdom uh, and to not only develop yourself, but, but somehow, so you've been saved for two years, three years, five years, ten years, twenty years. Uh, we, ought, we, we need to be looking for somebody else to disciple. Right? We need to be somebody else we need to pour ourselves into. So we're going to intentionally disciple others in their growth as Christian leaders um, and Christians and leaders. So I just want to encourage you. I don't know what you do for personal growth. Um, and, but, but I'm just saying, there's so many great tools out there now. I mean, you're in your car, you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to a book. Uh, there's video messages that, I mean, you, you, there's, there's just more than you could ever watch. Uh, there's great books to read, uh, to find. And so, uh, we, have, we have this very strong commitment as a team to grow ourselves. Because we recognize that the only way ever grow our church or grow our department is that we have to grow people people have to grow so i'm just saying what if everybody in this room was growing like you know what i mean and, and i'm not supposing that you're not but i'm just asking you to commit to growing yourself to uh, let me put it this way you can be a better version of you right and, you know, you're not doing it to try to get God to love you. You're not doing it to, it does increase your worth, to be honest. You're not, you're not doing it for any other reason is that you can keep being a better version of you. You can be a better husband. Come on, man, that was a good point. You can be a better wife. Come on. You can be a better ameneer. You got it. But we can all be better. We can all grow. So, so the idea of I, I'm going to develop, but I'm also uh, commit to other people developing. The fifth idea for all of us, and I think this is <laughs> a big idea, is execute. Now, I don't mean execute people. I mean execute, get the job done. Like get things done. So leaders get the job done. They do it right. They do it now. They do it well. Leaders can be counted on when they're given tasks, assignments, and responsibilities. All the great ideas in the world are useless without execution. If somebody doesn't do it, it doesn't matter. It can be the best idea ever. 
So the truth is, you and I put ourselves in a, in a different category when we actually are the kind of people who get things done. And I'll say this, I, it probably doesn't apply any to anybody in this room, but, but I will say, and I mean that, <laughs> uh, uh, it's just so astonishing to me that people sign on and, and say, I'll be there to serve in the two-year-old class, and they no-show. Like, what? I mean, I understand if something comes up, uh, you know, let us, you know, but don't, don't just no-show. So us, we can, we, can, we can show up and we can execute it. And, and I just, I, I love this idea, but do it right. Do it, do it the best you can do it. And your best today is better than your best yesterday, and it's not as good as your best tomorrow. And, and I realize that some days your best today is not all that good because you feel funky today, but still do your best <laughs> today, right? Do it right. Do it now. Don't procrastinate. Just get the job done. Do it wow. Put your, put, just make it incredible. Okay? All right. Number six uh, is the idea of, of recruiting. And I want to spend a few more moments on this one if I could. Um, so, so leaders recruit. That's the R in leaders. Leaders know that people grow best when they're involved. We're always looking for new people to pull into involvement on our teams. So to be able to do that requires that we have to keep growing in people skills and in delegation skills. Now, I'm just talking to leaders, but I'm just saying that this idea, so I'm really sold on this idea that I'm not as concerned about recruiting people to do a job as I am, as I am to get them in my world, get, get them on the team so that I can get my arm around their shoulder and that can get them close. So, like, if the job gets done, that's cool. And we can learn, we can train how to do the job. But the real recruiting idea is, is the idea that we are, we're putting our arm around somebody's shoulder and we're saying, I want to include you in my world. I want to include you on my team. I think you'd be really good at this. So Matthew 8, uh, 4, verse 18 through 22, uh, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw uh, two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen, and he said to them, follow me. And I'm going to make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets. They followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And what I want to point out here is that Jesus recruited he, he didn't just wait for these guys to come to him. He went to them. He, he called these guys out from what they were doing, and he called them out from what they were not doing, and he called them in the service. Now, listen, listen to me. I think we make a mistake when we, when we, when we disqualify people with a no before we even talk to them. So Jesus stepped into their world and said, hey, listen, 
I'm asking you to shift your schedule. I'm asking you to shift your priorities. I'm asking you to shift your time. I'm asking you to shift your energy. I'm asking you to shift even in terms of some relationships that are in your world. And I'm, I'm saying to you, follow me. Now, what I think is great about this and what applies to what I'm talking about tonight is this. He didn't just say, hey, guys, quit doing that and start doing this. He just said, hey, come into my world. Like, start following me. Not just here's a job for you to do, but here's an invitation to come into my world. So what I'm saying to you guys is that when we are thinking about recruiting, whether you are the leader of a team or just on a team, that there's something about you that is recognizing when I recruit people, I am actually helping connect them. I am actually giving them a purpose. I, I am not nearly as interested in let's get the job done, but I, am, but I am saying, look, here they are. Here's somebody who's casting nets. Or here's somebody who's fishing. Here's somebody who's mending nets. In other words, they're, they're different kinds of people. But I am going to pull people in. So I'm, I'm saying to you, you, might not, you may not lead a small group, but you could recruit people to your small group. Everybody hear what I'm saying? Right? You, you, you may not lead the ministry you're in, but you could recruit people to the ministry you're in. And that requires, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, it takes growth, growth in people skills, the, the skill to walk up to somebody and not totally offend them, you know, but to say, hey, I think you'd be great at this. You know, I've been watching how friendly you are. I've been watching how unfriendly you are uh, or something. I don't know. Here's, here's, what I, here's what I want us to continue to understand. People are not looking for a friendly church. They're looking for a friend. So what I'm going to continue to invite you guys to do is to own those spaces before and after services and be intentional about it. So, like, don't come rolling in three minutes after church started. <laughs> I see a little squirming. That's a, you're still loved. You're still going to heaven. Uh, maybe. Um, but honestly, uh, just owning that space, like to just be around, to, to, to see people, to notice, to just notice if somebody doesn't feel, look like they know what they're doing, then you don't have to be on. You don't have to have a, a label on that day. To go up and say, hey, how are you? My name is, you know, can I help? You know, or trying to just, so, and I, I still, I still am big on this idea that the, the 10 minutes before service and the 10 minutes after service, those are big moments. Most new people are going to, they're, that's when they're coming in. The last couple minutes before church and they're pretty much bailing out as fast as possible so the truth is, if you just wanted to connect with some kind of new people, just just being friendly, just just being there to put your arm around a shoulder or just say hi or connect and be be friendly towards them. You never know what's going to happen. Really, after 10 minutes, they're gone. Then you can hang out with your friends all you want, right? Okay? The last thing that I want to talk about, and then we're going to pray together, uh, is, uh, is S, 
is show up. So leaders, they link up, they experience God daily, they're in alignment, they develop themselves and others, they execute, they get stuff done, they're recruiting, they have a recruiting mindset, and they show up. Show up. Number seven, leaders understand the power of presence. We show up with presidential presence at most church events and activities. Sundays are essential days to touch and reach people. Other church events that relate to our departments will be stronger when great leaders show up. So all of these, all of these events, can I just say, I'm not saying you have to be at every single one of them, but I'm asking you to buy this idea. Your presence matters. Uh, if you own a store at the mall, you, the mall requires you to open the store every day. And you open the store every day because that's when the people are there. Our, our best, we, we can say, I want to reach the world. Our best opportunity to reach people is when this building is full of hundreds of people walking in the door, walking out the door. And so uh, to be a leader in our environment or to, or to carry a leadership profile, if you will, it means show up when the store is open. <laughs> I, think, I think people with a leadership mentality, they come to church with, with a desire to, to make things happen for other people rather than just a desire to see themselves get blessed. And, and I understand we all come to church, sometimes we need a touch, we need help. But, he, but I just, I've found that when I come to church, like ready to give out, I always end up getting something, right? Uh, so you, us, in this room, our focus is not, what am I going to get out of this service today? Do I like the songs they sung today? Oh, I like what PK's preaching today. No, our focus is other people. Our focus is God. We're not coming just to receive. We're coming with a mindset to give. So here's what I'm asking of you, that you would come to church with this idea to say, every time... Every, not, not just Sunday church, but to your rock group or to uh, the women's event or to a mega worship or to a men's event. And let me just say, I'm super excited about this Christmas tour uh, because, you know, our Christmas Eve services, we're still going to have three Christmas Eve services. So you could pray for the worship team. <laughs> they got a lot of work to do that week. Um, but they love Jesus enough to do it. Um, <laughs> Some of you are laughing, and uh, but I think they do. So, but but if if I could get some of you guys to show up to some of these events, even though you may not be on the platform, you could help us create an environment that would be so powerful. When leaders show up with a leadership mindset, things get better. Whatever, whether, whether it's Christmas tour night, wh 
whether it's hard for the house, whether it's mega worship, whether it's Sunday. And let me just remind you that this, this is, we want this to be enjoyable. We want it to be fun. We want it to be upbeat. But this, we are in a war, right? And, and there, there are enemies uh, that are against the gospel being preached and people being touched. So Matthew 9, let me read you a couple verses, just about done. Verse 35, Jesus was going about all the cities and the villages, preaching in their synagogues, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease, every kind of sickness. Luke 8, 1, it came about soon afterwards that he began going about from one city and village to another, proclaiming and preaching the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. Matthew 4, 23, Jesus was going about, and I'm reading all these verses for us to see this is a pattern. Jesus was going about in all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every kind of sickness, every kind of sickness, uh, every kind of disease, and every kind of sickness among the people. So in other words, Jesus would show up and proclaim. And come on, we're on this planet to establish the kingdom of God. Now, wherever you are, God wants to establish his kingdom. So in our city, in our church, in our home, and so we're here to bring righteousness. We're here to bring peace. We're here to bring joy. We're here to bring blessing, to bring healing, to bring love, to bring grace. And, and we do it with presence and proclamation. That, that's how the kingdom, that's how the kingdom comes. Presence, you show up, proclamation, you say something. You, you, anybody get what I'm saying? It's not, it's not too complicated, but it's powerful. You are a presence that's intended to change the atmosphere God puts you in. It may not be kingdom of God where you work. It may not be kingdom of God where you go to school. And our job is not to be thermometers where we react. Our job is to be thermostats where we kind of read, but then presence, we show up. I, I, I'm trying to get you to see the power of you showing up. That You show up for church. You show up for mega worship. You show up at women's night. You show up at Christmas tour. Jesus literally changed cities by showing up and proclaiming. Hey, and so what he did was, and I, I just, I'm taking time with this. He proclaimed something different than what already existed. So where there was sickness, he proclaimed healing. So leaders, what we do is we see a different reality than exists. So we come to church, second service. The atmosphere is not that great. We know what the atmosphere could be. So we 
show up and bring big worship. Hey, is this practical enough for you? Okay. We show up, bring big worship, bring big love. See, I don't think it's, it's never, it's never us being able to say they don't worship. That's weak. That's weak. They, they won't worship. No, 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 no. What it, what's weak is us not showing up and us not proclaiming and us not creating an atmosphere. Right? That's what's weak. I'm not expecting them to go there without us leading. Our, our job is let's come into agreement with heaven. Come on. God wants to heal people. God wants to save people. God wants people to come out of darkness into light. God wants to bind up that thing that's been bound and loose what's been loosed. And, you know, where things aren't in agreement with heaven, we're showing up. Presence, proclamation, bringing the kingdom of God to church. <laughs> I want you to stand. We're going to sing this uh, little short little song that we just learned. And then we're going we're gonna to take a moment and just pray together. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. You, you have uh, anointed each one of us, God, to make a difference. And as we come into this place tonight and we're reminded of a few things that are so important for us fulfilling the mission and the cause that you've given us. I pray for revelation. I pray for understanding. I pray for great courage. I pray for great faith. God, I pray for great team to, to come out of this group here tonight in Jesus' name. Let's take a moment. Let's worship, and then I want to pray.